Welcome to the Good Reading Podcast, proudly sponsored by Book People Gift Cards. A Book People gift card is the perfect gift for readers of all ages. Simply order your gift card online at bookpeoplegiftcards.org.au. Redeem at any one of over 500 bookshops across Australia. Visit bookpeoplegiftcards.org.au. Levi Pinfold is an artist and illustrator of many acclaimed books. He's the winner of the prestigious Kate Greenaway Medal for his distinctive children's illustration. He's the author and illustrator of The Django, The Greenling and Black Dog. Today I'm talking to Levi Pinfold about his contribution to the Harry Potter Wizarding Almanac, the official magical companion to J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter books. Levi Pinfold, welcome to the Good Reading Podcast. Well, thanks very much for having me. When you're invited to contribute to a Harry Potter almanac, what's your first thought, your very first reaction? The very first reaction is usually, well, yes, okay, yeah, definitely, I'll do that, that sounds great. I'm a fan and I've had the good fortune to work with this subject matter before as well, so um, I feel very excited and, and, and honoured to be invited back to do something, you know, and I, I think um, it, it's, it was a really exciting proposition and the email that I got said, oh, We'd like you to do this very interesting new slant on it. Um, and it's going to be, uh, a, you know, an almanac or a, a kind of compendium of all of the information about the wizarding world. And I thought that's a really interesting approach to it as well. I, I mean, I'm a big fan of those kind of books growing up. You know, I, I had a Lord of the Rings one. You know, I referred to it as I was reading Lord of the Rings. And I, I think doing something that's pictorial as well is, is it, it's a great sort of companion volume to, to the fantasy series. Um, it really helps you immerse yourself in the world, you know. So doing something where uh, I could I could I could contribute to that kind of thing was, was hugely exciting. So yeah, you know, bouncing up and down in seat, going, yeah, of course, yeah, ready to go. <laughs> when can I start? And how does your vision for the illustrations develop? Is it on paper in your mind within the world of Harry Potter, or is it somewhere in the wider world? Ooh, good. There's so much. Um, you know, amazing, and every year there seems to be more amazing stuff, new iterations of the characters and new new sort of readings of the whole wizarding world, you know, I think uh, that's that's what's so fascinating about it, it just keeps keeps growing, but um, this particular scenario, we were sort of working together as a team, so I worked very, very closely with the designers and, and editors, um, and they got a, a brief over to me with loads of information, loads of amazing information on each spread, and the designer um, helped mock up a few few designs that we could we could potentially go with. So in this instance, I mean, this isn't always the case. I had a very, very um, prescribed layout to go off with some very interesting um, inspirations behind it. So for instance, the Sorting Hat spread um, was based upon uh, those old charts you used to get of the, the Zodiac. Um, so um, we, were, we were looking a, a bit at... at at those kind of influences and seeing if we could if we could shoehorn it into the, the four houses, you know. Um, so, you know, we were working together quite a bit. So my task was to embellish. Basically, I got my medieval monk hat on and, uh, you know, did what I could in the margins. Um, I got a bit carried away in the margins sometimes. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, a, it, was, it was a really sort of different approach to what I usually do with, with illustration. Interesting one, this one, because uh, I haven't really approached illustrations like that in a very long time. You do have to kind of sink yourself into the world, and it does become more real than your real life sometimes. 
<laughs> in the middle of the night, you know, you, all you're thinking about is the is the is the magical world. You know, um, so you have to take it very seriously, you know, because you, you want to get all the details very very correct, and you want you want to make it as good as it possibly can be, and you want to make it seem like it came from that world. So, um, your creative journey as a as an artist to kind of to use that term again, immerse yourself in that world. I I think it really is about you know listening to the audiobooks, reading the books trying to envisage it as a, a very real thing, which, you know, I think isn't really hard because it, it's so well written and, you know. Um, so really the journey is to try and step outside yourself and um, kind of uh, see what you feel like the book is trying to tell you, you know. Um, so it's an interesting way because you're not just responding to, you know, I feel like doing this today. What do other people think this is going to look like? What do I think this is going to look like? And what what influences do I do I do I think this probably came from? What do I think this is inspired by? So you're looking back at historical references, and um, those are those are all really sort of interesting ways to sort of get your head in the right space. Because uh, you know sometimes you don't you don't feel like drawing visits. Sometimes I mean it, it does happen when you do it when you do it all the time. Um, I feel like sometimes you feel like oh, I just want to do a portrait of someone that I really love, you know. But um, if you can sort of sink into it in that way, it becomes it comes a bit easier. That's kind of the, the, the journey that I personally went on. That immersive approach is beautifully illustrated in the magnificent four-page gatefold of the Forbidden Forest. That wide aspect really engulfs you, draws you into the forest. Where did you look for that inspiration for those pages? That was a really wonderful thing to work on. That was one of the things I was so excited about um, because I very rarely get to work in that format. And um, it's a it's a very wide format. A wide screen is as wide as we get, really. I think even if you look at, at art history in the Western world, you're sort of limited to French standardizing in a, in a lot of senses. Um, so it's more like a, approaching a, a kind of, when you look at those ancient Chinese scrolls, it's, it's kind of a bit like that. And your eye wanders over them in a different way. So what was so interesting about this is there wasn't necessarily a focal point. There was a whole bunch of different focal points on it. All of the information that I had to include came from the text. So we had about eight or nine things that definitely needed to go in there. All of those magical beings, Firenze, and all of the magical beings that live in the forbidden forest. We had that to go from. Um, and then, of course, we wanted to base the forest on the forests up in in sort of Scottish Highlands sort of area, which is where sort of Hogwarts is supposed to sort of be. Um, so we um, we took a lot of research from forests there, and I spent a few days looking at photos and trying to get as much material as I could from that and trying to let that sort of sink into my subconscious so it all came out when I was doing the drawing. The rest of that was just trying to create this big forest that looked like a forest and you could um, walk into the forest with your eyes and explore the forest as you would a, a real forest. So it sort of felt like I was going for a walk. I wanted it to feel like that. And it felt like when I was doing it, I was going for a walk and I wasn't necessarily hung up on, well, this is the information that we need to include in this illustration. It was a really amazing experience to be able to, to work on something so so wide. It was also quite hard to get your head around because I, I've conditioned myself to work in one particular small rectangle. So it was it was great. It was really good fun. But the, the, the sort of the inspiration, it, it always does come from what that text sort of suggests to you, the roots of that text and the inspirations behind that text. So... Really, the main challenge with anything like that is getting it to work, nuts and bolts, getting it to work, getting it to, to look aesthetically pleasing, but also to be 
um, have the correct information in, but also to be sort of magical. And that's the undefi- indefinable thing. It's the magical bit that takes the work. That takes kind of drawing and redrawing till it just feels right. And there are many more treats for the eyes among your illustrations. There's a, a couple of very striking pages, double page spreads, with luminous detailed drawings reversed out against a black ground. It's a bit like entering another dimension. Entering another dimension, yeah. I think um, a, a sort of more kind of symbol-based um, dimension, maybe. Um, yeah, I think uh, that's also an interesting thing because... Uh, you look back at art history and it's not always um, naturalistic. Um, there's a, there's another side to it, which is how things appear to you as symbols. It feels like that's how you imagine, well, certainly how I imagine things. I imagine things in symbols. I don't, you know, you dream in kind of movies, don't you? But certainly when you're, when you're trying to logically make an argument, I, 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 sort, of, I sort of feel like that, that makes a lot of sense it sort of bridges the gap between your kind of dreamlike state and and the ability to rationalize and, and be logical about stuff so yeah it kind of is like another dimension yeah. <laughs> the idea of magic or representing magic through illustration is something already familiar to you through your book the django which you wrote and illustrated but what is it about magic that appeals to you as an illustrator i do love the idea of magic um and i think what the idea of magic is to me is kind of mystery personally that's what appeals to me it's um it's a mystery to how it how it works um magic is something that you love when you were a, when you're a kid and you love growing up it's it's this idea that you can do anything that you want um and what's so interesting about harry potter i guess is that um the magic systems are formalized and everyone's learning magic at school. It's something that you can study. And that's what's so, so fascinating about it. And I think it's not this sort of wild and tame thing that is a mystery and everything. It's something that you can study. Um, but it also makes miraculous things happen. Um, well, I suppose throughout history, it's been something that has been taken very seriously. Um, and at times, it's been the ultimate explanation for things. Um, and you look at myths, and you look at legends, and you look at when you don't have a necessary, you don't have a scientific explanation for something, you kind of create a metaphor for that thing happening. And I think that's quite an interesting way of looking at the world. It's great for kids to sort of invite them into a magical world and, and, and say that all of these things can be possible, all of these dreams can be possible. Um, and what's interesting about Harry Potter is that all these dreams can be possible if you study and if you work hard. And I think that's a really important distinction to make. And I think that's that, that really appeals to me about Harry Potter in particular. I think there's a message there for all the children out there, whatever it is, <laughs> study. Your illustrations vary in their style and their, I guess their genre too. Some have this sort of charming old world character, uh, a little bit gothic perhaps, um, very detailed line drawings and uh, sometimes this tonally restricted palette. Who have you looked to for inspiration in coming to your Harry Potter style, if I can call it that? Uh, what artists, what mediums inspire you uh, to illustrate in the way you do? Well, I think it's been a long time coming, really. I think um, it's one of those things where you certainly, I remember growing up, I remember the um, Alan Lee illustrations from Lord of the Rings, um, extremely um, impactful to me. Um, and I 
I always remember reading heaps and heaps of fantasy when I was a kid um, and all of the book covers um, when I was growing up were a bit more pictorial but uh, uh, I think uh, certainly those American paperbacks uh, with artists like Michael Whelan and all of that kind of stuff they they all really uh, really appealed to me growing up um, and you know John Howe all of the people that were in, in, involved in all of the stuff that I loved growing up you know when I was nine or ten and I was reading some of these as it happens I was exactly the right age to read Harry Potter and so naturally I missed it completely and utterly missed it until I was 16, 17. So, you know, there you go. Um, it just, just happens like that. But um, certainly um, the fantasy illustrator, Brian Froud, um, kind of discovering those when you're when you're a kid, or well, not necessarily discovering them, but them just being around in your house. I was really into comics as well growing up. You know, any comics artist, you know, I was really into Steve Ditko and Jack Kirby and all of the greats. Um, you know, we had a whole bunch of comics hanging around. Um, so all of that stuff sort of opens up your eyes to, and if you're sensitive to this stuff, I think it opens up your eyes to all this, and then you sort of start getting interested in art. And so, you know, growing up, I, you know, start getting interested in Bruegel paintings and um, Albrecht Dürer, and his etchings were very, very um, informative to my Harry Potter work, because, you know, all of this stuff, all of Harry Potter is kind of draws on these historical influences. And they um they kind of mirror my interests really, and so it kind of feels natural for me to to be interested in this. And I think anyone can kind of spot that. Um, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm very lucky to be able to mine those childhood influences and keep going with it. Um, so yeah, I think uh, looking at, at this particular project, I think you go back to those. I went back to those medieval artists quite a, quite a bit, you know. And looking at old books of hours where an anonymous monk. Um, was in charge of scribbling in the margins and get all sorts of fantastical creations there. I think um, that was certainly uh, certainly a great sort of inspiration for us. Levi, it's been a pleasure talking pictures with you. Thank you for joining me on the Good Reading Podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Most appreciated. I've been talking to Levi Pinfold about the Harry Potter Wizarding Almanac, the official magical companion to J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter books. It's published by Bloomsbury, and you can find it at goodreadingmagazine.com.au. My name is Greg Dobbs, and thanks for listening. This Good Reading podcast was brought to you by Book People Gift Cards. Share the joy of reading with a Book People Gift Card. To find out more, visit bookpeoplegiftcards.org.au.